The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. So for the love is a southern phrase that I have trotted out for years and years and years. Oh, for the love. You know, it's kind of like, oh, good grief. So yeah. I use it in all kinds of ways, in some ways that don't even make sense. <laughs> like From the HGTV show My Big Family Renovation, author, blogger, and speaker Jen Hatmaker, next on Life Today. So it's, it's for the love of God, it's for the love of Jesus, it's for the love of people and for the love of the church and for the love of our communities and for the love of the world. I mean, it really sincerely is. This. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I welcome you to life today. And, uh, you know, we've been hearing about Jen Hatmaker. And uh, we've been uh, wanting to meet her, and we met her. And we've just had a wonderful time. And many of the people who are in this room, she's, she's impacted their life in a very profound and positive way, in a Christ-like, God-honoring, God-exalting way. She's got a book, and she wrote a book, Seven, and it was a best-selling book, and this one will be too. Uh, for the love, fighting for grace. I think sometimes we have to. We don't really have to fight for it. It's grace, but I think we have to fight for the expressions of it mm -hmm. to see it happen, especially among believers, who can be the least grace-filled people sometimes, <laughs> or they can be soggy, no substance, <laughs> no skeleton, mushy, nothing. Grace. <laughs> it's not even attractive, you know. And it's not attractive when you put the skeleton on the outside of the body either. It's grotesque with all of our principles in place, but you can't see the sensitive. This girl's, she's got the sensitive. She's got God. Welcome, Jen, to life today. <laughs> Jen, we're glad to have you. Glad you're here. All right. Tell us what's on your heart. You tell a lot of it in the book, and it's in the bookstores. Yeah. You have a website. I want you to tell all of yours where it is. Sure. Don't go there while we're talking. You stay here. We're talking to you. Okay, we've got some stuff to share. Well, what's the website? It's jenhatmaker.com. Everything's on there. Blog, speaking schedule, random pictures of my kids, whatever. Yeah. All the yeah. substance. Tell me about your kids. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I have five kids. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> and they all live with us. <laughs> and, um, Ages? Our oldest is just wrapping up his junior year in high school. Okay. Our youngest is wrapping up third grade. And we've got one every other grade in between. Okay. So this next year, we'll have two in high school, two in middle, one in elementary. Mm -hmm. um, we had our first three kids just the way that you have them, like out of your body. And <laughs> That's enough. Is that, is that good? Yeah. That'll suffice. That's and then our youngest two children we adopted four years ago, and they're Ethiopian. And so we brought them home um, that summer, and at the time they were five and eight. And so our son Ben. Now were they related? They're not. They were not they're biologically. Not okay. Well, they right. are now. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. are now. And so yeah. they were not biological siblings, but they were in the same orphanage. And um, and you know you work internationally mm -hmm. in the whole world. I. With orphans, we place fifty thousand orphans in Rwanda. 
think about it, 50,000. And it was because of Franklin Graham telling us, James, I got to take care of the medical parts. You go over and take care of all the orphans. So thanks, Franklin. We did. And the thing about it is, yeah. it's a miracle of what happened. It is. To just think these kids got homes. It's, it's really a beautiful story of redemption. I always thought that I understood God at, its, at the deepest level when I just became a mom. I thought, now I get it. I see the whole parental love thing, I unconditional. Now I really get God. But, but to be truthful, I, I think I've now understood the love of God at the deepest level now that I'm an adoptive mom, because we're really adopted mm -hmm. um, into the body of Christ. We're grafted in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he That's made right. us sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. And so I went, oh, now I really see the lengths to which Jesus went to bring me into the family mm -hmm. and it's extraordinary and it's incredibly healing and I would have had no hope without it. Mm -hmm. And so adoption has been theological for me and it has been spiritual. And then plus we just have these two outstanding children. I mean, they really are, mm -hmm. they really are outstanding. And I feel like I can brag on them because I had nothing to do with them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They're just, <laughs> yeah. it's not it. tacky yeah, that I'm sure. doing that. No. So they just came to me like that. Um, and so they are extraordinary. Do and they are, love being here? I think they love being here. And, but you know, their life has had a lot of sorrow. Um, so one thing that anybody who's connected at all to orphan care or to adoption knows is that, yes, it's a beautiful story, but it is born of loss. Mm -hmm. um, and it is born of pain. And some of that never goes away. I mean, God heals and he redeems and he restores, but there is always the loss. And so we deal every day with um, our kids' grief sometimes to one degree or another, but, um, and so we very much always have an eye on that. And we have just asked God so much just to redeem what was stolen and restore the years that were wasted. And, um, and we very much love their culture and their country and their birth families, um, that are, that are living. And that is a wonderful relationship that God is developing even as we speak, um, for which we're so incredibly grateful. And so adoptions just changed us forever. And, and so now we also know that, that we are connected to Ethiopia in a redemptive way as well. So, um, yes, we have these children, but now we see this whole country for which God, God loves and is at work in, in beautiful and um, astounding ways actually in the country. And so this is forever going to be a part of our story. So we would not be surprised one bit if one day we get marching orders to live there. So I told you earlier, we said yes. Whatever the question is, the answer is yes. Um, and so if, if that's a part of our future, then we'll welcome it with open arms. What do you want the church here, our viewers all over the world, and life today is, and we say to those of you down under, those of you in the UK, in Canada, and South America, wherever you are, uh, we're just glad we can talk to you. And we believe you're seekers. And we believe you not only love God, you love others. Hmm. What do you want church people to hear? What do you, what do you think? God wants to do that you see that you think is important than when you're talking about for the yes. love. What, what do you want them to hear? Go ahead, start. This is in my lane. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we're, like I said, we're church planners. So we very much have our eye at all times on what's happening in the church, um, the state of the church, not just in our city, but in our culture here in America. And then of course, in the whole world. Um, and, and we're concerned we're really concerned. We are concerned that the numbers are shrinking by the weekend. And they really are. They're, the numbers are actually kind of a little bit scary. And we look ahead to the next generation and we can hardly get them in the door. Um, and, and what the trends and the sociologists tell us is that we are staring down a crisis if we do not 
decide to do something different. If we are not able somehow um, to remember how to share the good news in a way that feels good. Um, because if nobody knows that our good news is good, um, then why are they gonna be drawn to it? Mm -hmm. If what they see of our good news is infighting and judgment and arrogance and fear-mongering and dissension, hate, division. dissension, division, all of it. I mean, if you ask a t the typical person outside of the church or outside of Christianity, what is your take on the church? Every word you just said is the word that you would hear. Mm -hmm. um, that is the common. And That's so right. I think as a church, we're gonna have to get serious and humble to admit that where there's that much smoke, there's some fire. Um, and so I, I, I feel like the time is urgent for the church to decide that we are here for a purpose and just for a minute. I mean, our time on this earth is a second. This is all we have. This is our one chance to live by faith and to live prophetically um, and to really bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so I think we've got to take a hard look at what our critics are saying, the people both fleeing the church and the ones who will not come in the door. I think it's time to pull up a bunch of seats around the table and say, tell us your story. Tell us your perception. Tell us what has hurt you and what has wounded you. And, and I am looking forward to a generation who says, the only thing that I hold dear is the gospel. I will not prioritize my methods over my message. I will not prioritize principle over people. Mm -hmm. And I think that'll win the day. I think it's mm -hmm. always won the day. I think that's how the gospel's carried forward in every generation. And really, you don't compromise principle when you do that. You're actually getting your principles in, in the correct order. That's exactly right. I mean, that is the principle of the gospel. That mm -hmm. is the way Jesus walked on this earth. That is the way God has always redeemed humanity. He is, he is a God who came and lived among us as a brother. And I mean, you only have to look at the people who love Jesus to figure out his deal. Mm -hmm. You know, the ones who just flocked to him all the time I go, oh, I know how you were doing this. Yeah. I see how you were doing this. The only people that didn't like you were the religious people. That's right. And so. And the government. The government didn't like you. And the government, of no. course. Mm -hmm. Well, good. Yeah. That's no problem. Don't you think we have to. Don't you think we have to learn to, in a way, put our guard down and be more abandoned? And, and with that abandonment comes courage. We're not very courageous. I love that you said that. I, I actually believe, and I hope that I demonstrate this in my life a lot, that one way forward, one path forward for the kingdom is transparency, mm -hmm. um, which is just a genuine, humble heart. I can spot it in a room of a million. When somebody is near me and with me, and I think that person is the real deal, and they are leading with what's true, and they are incredibly vulnerable, I'm drawn to them. Mm -hmm. So when someone is, is being truthful around me, it lends me courage to do the same thing. And I think our culture needs that right now because we, especially my generation, a lot of the women in here would understand this exactly. We have a very perfect looking, perfect sounding life that we're all outsourcing. And we can do that. We have social media. We have filters. If you know what I'm saying? We, I can take a picture of the one minute of the day where my kids are not acting like lunatics. You know what I mean? Sure. Oh, yeah. And I can put it on the Instagram. Time, the perfect time. Oh, well, look at us. We're darling. Oh, absolutely. Right? <laughs> right? I'd even put a filter so I look younger. Yeah. So oh, it's yeah. all, sure, you know what I mean? Sure. And so I think that that looks nice, but I think it's breaking all of our hearts. And I don't think it's truthful. And I, I think we're hungry for what's real. I think we're craving what's true. And the gospel is the substance of that. And so I think vulnerable, courageous people living real lives in front of each other is a big deal. Mm -hmm. I think that is, it's bigger than it sounds. It's pretty simple. Um, it, it, it is going to involve some risk um, because all of a sudden you, the gig's up. 
you know? I mean, after a while, we're gonna have to just say, well, this isn't even real. Um, and so there is some risk involved, but I think the reward is worth it. And I even see it like in the community that I'm a part of here, just sort of with these women, both in, a, in you know, physical community, but at large online, that vulnerability is really powerful mm -hmm. and it is breaking down walls and it is raising up warriors. It is setting people free. Mm -hmm. I mean it. I mean, it really is to just say this is true and this is real. And in this, God is enough. Mm -hmm. And in this, Jesus will redeem and restore and set me on a new path. And it's, it's pretty astounding what can be done. And so I, I think that's a big part of it, but it's going to take courage. The good thing is it's contagious. When people yeah. start being truthful, it's just like a tidal wave. It just starts rolling its way down the community, just lending courage to the next person who lends it to the next person. And before you know it, we've changed a whole culture. When you say for the love, there have, there, to me, there must be something in that, that little phrase that means a lot, for the love. What are you saying? Well, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> I'm a good Southern girl, like you're a good Southern boy. Mm -hmm. And we love our phrases and our catchphrases and our language and our rhetoric. It's a whole, now that I have traveled outside of the South and all around the world, I realized how much Southern language I possess <laughs> that I just thought was the way people spoke. Um, like people outside of Texas don't say, I'm fixing to go somewhere. <laughs> well, I just thought that was what you say. Overseas, they're, I'm or, fixing they're organizing to. it. We're about to organize it. We're about to organize it. What I'm yeah, saying is yeah. I'm fixing to I'm go fixing. to this store. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, In Canada, they had no clue what I was talking about. Fixing. What is he doing? Same. Same. I regularly confuse people when yeah, I travel. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, same for me. So for the love is a Southern phrase that I have trotted out for years and years and years. Oh, for the love. You know, it's kind of like, oh, good grief. So yeah, I use it good. in all kinds of ways, in some ways that don't even make sense. <laughs> like, like I would just, like I would look at Betty and say, so for the love of James. Yeah. You know, like. That's the title. For the love. So as I was writing this and all, and my, the drum that I beat is grace and love so much for mm -hmm. each other, mm -hmm. for people who do not know Jesus yet, for the world, for the poor. And I started talking online about this is what I'm writing. This is how it's taking shape. These are sort of the subjects that I'm addressing. One of my readers said, you have to name this book for the love. That's, I say it all the time. And I thought, oh, I do have to. I do. So it's, it's for the love of God. It's for the love of Jesus. It's for the love of people and for the love of the church and for the love of our communities and for the love of the world. I mean, it really sincerely is. And so if that message feels a little far out there, if that feels like I'm reaching a little bit far, I'm just going to go for it. I mean, who's going to tell me I can't, right? I mean. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I know somebody who's all for the love and he is love. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's what makes you radiant. And it's what I see in these incredible people that are here who've been touched by him through what you're doing. And I think that the world's looking for love. It's the love that never fails. It just doesn't work on our timetable, right. but it never fails. Right. And it's the one thing we don't seem to try as yes. frequently as we should. I agree. And I am spending the whatever years I have left, which, you know, we're in your 70s, you know, look, somebody's already passed the mark. He's <laughs> four and ten, you know, what are you doing? You know, overtime. But the deal is that as long as I'm here, I really want to see love work because it never fails. Me too. And I want us to try it. Me too. And uh, and I, I really, I have some people I don't like, but I love them. And I have, <laughs> I've too. asked God about some people. <laughs> I've, I've told God, I said, I have a real problem with that. Yeah. He said, I'm struggling with it a little bit myself. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you just look at me and see, it's like, you know, I understand yes. where you're going there. But the point is that I really want to see this river of life and love flow freely. Me too. And, and Jen, I don't think that we're going to see it spilled out on the earth until it begins to spill over in the church mm. among the family. Mm. 
to where we really love each other. With our distinctives and our differences and our determination, I think we're gonna have to have love. I do too, and I think it's gonna cost us. Um, it's gonna cost us some pride. Mm -hmm. um, it's gonna cost us some very carefully curated positions that we've defended. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, it's gonna cost us some friends. Um, because there's always going to be someone who is going to be an enemy to unity in the name of God. Mm -hmm. Always. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Um, and so I think there's a cost to it, but I'd like to see it in my day. Mm -hmm. I and do I, too. I, I want to see it because it. he prayed for it. And I, I, I've seen it work. I've yeah. seen its power. And, Absolutely. And I, I've seen the kingdom not threatened at mm -hmm. all from mm -hmm. our differences, mm -hmm. but increase. Absolutely. And so I, I'm going to fight for it too. That's I'm, I'm fighting for it in my mm -hmm. In the years that I have left, too. So we're, we're um, on the same team. We give me a high five. Pope, we are. Uh, Pope Francis gave me a high five. Because I we, saw we're that. The whole world needs Jesus. I saw that. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I did say this, and I'll just tell you. I, I told you. I said I never noticed his beanie <laughs> or his robe. All I could see was he was dressed up in Jesus. I love that. I didn't even notice the Vatican. He didn't notice the Vatican. <laughs> it was like he didn't know he was there. He was too caught up in another glory. And I that didn't mean that. he's perfect, you know. It means he, he, he needs to learn. We're all learning, mm -hmm. we're all growing, and we're gonna grow in love. Yes. And it's amazing we get around each other. Yes. These, this group right here, if we were to poll all these scores and scores, hundreds of people that are here, mm -hmm. we would find they come from all different tribes, Certainly. all different backgrounds, and they don't really care yeah. because they've been caught up in the majesty of the Father's glory and grace. Yeah. And we're family. Does it feel good to be family yeah. and not be tribally fighting and attacking one another and pointing out all our differences? Yeah. Jen, I think that that's what you're, you're getting across. The blog, again, if they want to go there. JenHatmaker.com. All right. If you want the book, it's in the bookstores. You can go online and get it. Why don't you run to the bookstore and get it. Get a bike. I don't care how you get there. Get there. <laughs> get the book. Get a copy for a friend, all right? But I'll tell you what we'll do. If you'd like to have the book, it's in the bookstores. We'll be happy to send it to you because we want to be a blessing to you for the love. And, and Jen, we love this. I mean, you're talking about overseas and kids from overseas. And we've been placing them and feeding them and helping them. It's just a joy. Our it viewers is. like to help people. They like to do what works. Mm -hmm. And I really believe America would like to do what works. It's so many of our programs we put in place don't work. Mm -hmm. They're ineffective and unsustainable. I agree. And people say, why are we doing them? Only compassion and the compassion connection works. You've got to care about the people you're. That's you good. don't dole money out. You oversee them with love, oversight, personal responsibility. All right, this is what happens on the mission field. We go in and we find a need, and in love and compassion, we meet it. And you're the ones that keep the missionaries on the field. Yes, you do. But you keep them there, and they're not empty-handed. They have food or medical supplies or shoes or clothes or water. Right now, we're drilling water wells. 500 more this year. Would you help us? I want you to watch. See if God doesn't speak to you. And then you just do what he says. I think you'll be excited to do it. Watch closely. Life Outreach travels the world to the most remote areas of need where water is scarce and clean water even more so. God's word says faith without works is dead. So love is put to action in a tangible way and you are part of that. Every meter drilled down, every rise and fall of a hand pump. But as we spend time with those in need, listening to their stories, what often surfaces 
Is pain so deep and hope so absent, no water well can lift their hearts or heads. Fortunately, we come with the one who can lift hearts and heads. But I recognize that you died for my sins. When you give the thirsty a drink, you give it unto Jesus. But we are compelled to introduce them to Him as well. And miraculously, hearts broken from children lost begin mending. Tears of pain turn to joy as they taste of eternal water. And again, you are part of that. You send us. You send Jesus in us. And it is with great joy we go. For while the transformation in families and villages, their futures brings great fulfillment. Little compares to the joy and reward of their eternal future secured. At times, we have posed the question, what would you do if this was your family in need? Well, guess what? Many of these are family now and forever. Thank you for partnering with us. May it never end. And it is forever. He gives us eternal life. We don't get it when we die. We get it when we receive the source of eternal life, when we receive Jesus. You know, that was a grandson there with his little wife of one year on the mission field, our oldest grandson, Luke, and, and uh, his wife, Cassie. It was beautiful to see them. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I, uh, I just uh, want to say thank you for helping us give hope to villages like that. And the beautiful thing is, we not only feed the hungry or give water to the thirsty, but we point them to Jesus. And Betty, when they've seen the love of God so clearly expressed to meet a legitimate need, then they listen to us when we talk to them about Jesus. They really do. And thank you so much for that because I feel like that you want us to show you the needy, those that are hurting, those that are on the edge of death because it's they don't have the water that they need, the pure water. They drink the diseased water because that's all that they have. I believe God loves all the little children of the world and he cares about each one of us. And he hears the heart cry of those precious little ones when they whimper. He hears the heart cry of that mother as she's watching her child die because of lack of water. And I believe you hear the heart of God as you say, I want to help. I want to be a part of that because God is pleased when he hears that come from our heart. Won't you join with us and let's drill these water wells so we can see the children, as we saw at the beginning, jumping around in the water, pumping that water up and so happy. It's water for life, and then we present the water of life, and that's Jesus Christ. And you could actually see them trusting Christ. You know, people feel love when they really see it demonstrated, and that's what you enable the missionaries to do. They, they tell us, the viewers of life today all over the world, they let us stay here and share the love of God, not just in word only, but in deed, in action. So would you please right now, would you help us drill those 500 wells in 12 different countries? It'll be an answer to so many people's prayer and heart cry. 
You can go to lifetoday.org and many of our viewers now are doing that. You go online and make the gift. Use your bank card like a check. If you dial the number there on the screen, take your bank card, use it like a check, and make the largest gift you can. The wells are averaging $4,800 a piece. Many of our viewers say, we want to drill one. Each year we want to do that, and some do it. Perhaps you can, or you can give a part of that, twelve or $2,400, and immediately say, God, help someone match it, or three others join me. we got a well. Most of the support comes from people who give $48. When you break it down, that's like giving 10 people water the rest of their life. $144, which many are able to do, gives 30 people water for life. We have some gifts to send you to say thank you, to help you draw closer to the Lord in devotion, in prayer, and in your witness. But what you're doing right now is you're expressing the love of God in action. Please go online or dial the number and make the gift God put on your heart. You're giving life. And we thank you so much for doing it. Remember, this is the last week for this emphasis on the 500 wells. Really need to hear from you if you can help. So please communicate with us. And thanks for your gift. Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 12 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh, clean, disease-free water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, you'll receive the Everyday A New Day devotional. Broken out into the four seasons of the year, this daily devotional features scriptures, inspirational thoughts, a Bible reading plan, and a place for you to journal each day. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request the Names of Jesus pen set, one inscribed with the names of Jesus found in Scripture, and the other reflecting the gifts of the Spirit. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people, or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well, and request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by Thomas Kincaid. This is the last week. Please call, write, or make your gift online. Thank you for being sensitive, not just to what you saw, but to God. Thank you for expressing, I believe, His love and His concern. We are happy to send you those inspirational gifts to bless you. If you'd like to have Jen's book, I think you like her. Remember, you can go to her website, Jen Hatmaker. But if you'd like to have the book, it's in the bookstores. We'll be happy to send it to you because we want to be a blessing to you for the love and for the glory of God. Would you say thanks to Jen for coming and sharing the love, the love of God with us. Bless all of you for being here. Thank you for watching. And hey, thanks for helping us share love and life. Thank you for doing it.
Not everything big has to be hard to get over. Let God rebuild your life. Beth Moore, tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.